Well, good morning and welcome to Greater Alton. What's going on? My name is Nate and uh, let's see, this is my third time preaching ever. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, about a month ago, Jill Doobie walks up to me and says, hey, are you preaching today? And I was like, no. And she goes, uh, well, I'm asking because my daughter Jada is really tired and she knows that your sermons are really short. So we were hoping, we were hoping the day was you. No, it's a no big deal. No, we'll see. No promises, Jada. No promises. But yes, we've been going through this sermon series called Signs. And we're talking about what is God trying to say to us? What is He trying to reveal to us through signs? And uh, so last week, Mike did an awesome job talking about merge and talking about how we're in the world, but we're not of the world and how we should be light in the darkness and salt of the earth and things like that. It was awesome, really challenging. Today, we're going to talk about the stop signs, obviously. Um, and by the way, side note, I did not steal this stop sign. Um, personally, I did not. Uh, so the campus minister before me had this in his garage, and whenever he moved away, he said, take whatever you want. And that was the first thing I put in my car. So there you go. Um, <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about the stop sign, like I said. Um, I did some research, um, but whenever you see a stop sign, whenever you walked in those doors and you saw this uh, stop sign, what was your instant thought? What was the first reaction you had? Anybody? You were concerned that I stole it. I'm never stopping. It's tall. It's too tall. I heard people say that. This is actually, I went to the end of my street and took a tape measure and made sure this was not too tall. People kept saying it was too tall, but it's not. I promise. Anybody else? Stop and listen. Yeah, I mean, there's stop signs everywhere. I mean, you guys think about our towns and how many stop signs there are. There's stop signs on the street corners. There's stop signs on school buses. There's people in crosswalks with stop signs in front of schools sometimes. I mean, they're everywhere. Stop signs are everywhere. And uh, a lot of times we look at stop signs as just a big inconvenience. Uh, they're making too much traffic, we, we would probably say. Um, but the stop sign, it originated in 1915 in Michigan. And whenever, whenever the first stop sign came out, it was a square, and it was, it was a white sign with black letters. Isn't that weird to think about how different that is? And then in, uh, let's see, in 1922, they decided to change it to an octagon. That's when they, they first got the octagon shape. And um, they did that so that people could recognize a stop sign from whatever side of it you were on. I mean, you think about you pull up to a, to a stop sign, you see the other ones, even though you don't see the red, you know it's a stop sign. Um, it's easy, easily recognizable. Um, I've got some pictures here. Pat, you want to go through them? These are pictures of different stop signs. These are some of the first ones that uh, U.S. and Canada had. Uh, this one and then the next one, it's yellow. Very different, right? Not what we're used to. What's the next one? This is the first stop sign they had in Germany. Very, di- It's totally different. I mean, this one's from New Guinea. It's like a shield basically saying, if you don't stop, you're gonna, you're gonna get hurt, we're going to war. Um, yeah, this is halt, it's from Australia. Yellow, I mean, you can't miss the yellow. I mean, we, we have red, but I mean, I think yellow is pretty. Um, but I mean, this one's got a hand up. They're like, you know, if you can't read, at least you know to stop. Um, <laughs> that one was from Ethiopia, this one's from Bangladesh. They don't even have words. They just said, you know what, people know red means stop, so you know what to do. And then, uh, the last one I've got is the one you guys all know. Um, but there's so many different variations, so many different styles of stop signs in the world. 
Um, and there's also different heights. They would they set it at a lower height. So you could see it better. And now it's way up there. And uh, it feels bigger in here than it does on the road, doesn't it? At least standing next to it, I'm like, man, I don't remember it being so demeaning. I feel like I'm a little kid. Uh, the stop signs are everywhere. Um, it didn't become a law until 1966. After 50 years, they finally decided, you know what, people aren't stopping the stop signs, so I guess we gotta, we got to make it a law. We're going to have to start charging people when they run them. Um, and I did some, <laughs> I did some research, uh, not through experience, but uh, I did some research on the computer. And um, running a stop sign, uh, the standard fee is 75 bucks. But if you run a stop sign, based on the circumstances, if you run through, like a, let's say, a school zone, or you're doing something else dumb, it can, it can raise all the way up to $400 running a stop sign. So that's a really big consequence, right? That's a, that's a big risk that we can take when we run a stop sign. There's other risks. You can, you can hurt yourself. You can hurt other people. You can damage your vehicle. There's all kinds of risks when it comes to stop, or running a stop sign. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm known, Nicole can tell you, I'm known for creeping through stop signs or slowly going through stop signs. There's a couple... If you haven't noticed, I'm going to say stop and signs the whole lesson, so get used to it. Um, there's a couple stop signs out by my parents' house uh, by the lake that the neighborhood, they went and bought some and put them up because people don't stop. And they were getting mad about it. Uh, since I know they're not uh, like official, <laughs> I don't stop at them. Uh, guilty. So... But one of the things about a stop sign, when you see it, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's, it's stop. You stop or you're going to pay the consequences. Um, I think about my kids, you know, having kids now, I've never said stop more in my life than I have said to my daughter, Nora. She is boneheaded. She's just, she's so stubborn. And you can say stop a thousand times. She's, it isn't going to get through. And we use that word all the time at home. Um, but, I mean, you think about, again, stop signs. They even have a sign. I don't know how far away it is, but it's far, it's way ahead of the stop sign that says, hey, there's a stop sign coming up. You may want to apply the brakes. And we still run stop signs, right? We all do it. And we still creep through them. We still try to get by with what we can do. Um, but when, but stop signs were not put there for an inconvenience. Stop signs are placed in places where the residential areas, there's kids playing. There's uh, maybe where there was a lot of collisions. Maybe a lot of wrecks happen in those areas. That's why they started putting stop signs up because there needed to be a precaution because people were getting hurt. And um, but like I said earlier, too many too many times we look at stop signs as this this, this big hassle. Oh man, I got I got to get going. I got to get going. I, why do I have to stop? Like I'm behind this person. They won't they they won't go. It's, it's your turn. You know that kind of stuff. We all we, we get frustrated. At least I do. Am I alone in this? I didn't think so. <laughs> so in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, this is what it says. It says, People of Israel, this is Paul talking, says, listen to these words. Jesus from Nazareth was a very special man. God clearly showed this to you by His miracles, wonders, and signs He did through Jesus. You all know this because it happened right in front of you. you guys, God used signs. And it's important that we value signs, even stop signs that we can't stand. If God has a purpose for these signs in our life. Um, you know, like I said, Mike talked about merge last week. He's talking about stop today. As these signs we're talking about, 
I hope you'll take these into your life. When you see these signs in your in your everyday, you're going to see them and be like, you know, I'm, I, I need to take this more seriously. There's things in my life that God's trying to point out. So we have to recognize the stop signs. You know, there's other things that tell us to stop other than just the regular standard stop sign. I mean, you think about stop light or uh, yeah, stop lights. There's brake lights. Other people in front of you when they hit the brakes. I mean, unless you're crazy, you're going to hit your brakes too. Um, there's, like I said, there's multiple different different places that stop signs are. There's wrecks. When you see a wreck, you instantly are going to start slowing down. Hopefully, unless you want to be a part of it. But there's all kinds of ways in our lives when we're driving that God says stop, that are going to say slow down. So I guess the question I've got for you starting off is. Why does God want me to stop? Um, and the, the reason is it's for safety. That's the first blank. It says uh, stop signs are meant for safety, not for inconvenience. And like I said earlier, I don't. I can't. I have countless moments where I'll be at a stop sign or a stoplight, or I have to stop my car. I mean, none of us want to stop. If if we wanted to stop, they'd have to put up go signs. I mean, think about it. Nobody has trouble going. We just have trouble stopping. But it's important that we value these stop signs. Um, I looked at the Bi- in the Bible, the word stop, it comes up over 475 times in certain versions. And uh, I want to challenge you uh, this week, do a Google search, look up verses with the word stop, or go to Bible Gateway and look up verses with the word stop and see what God says. There's multiple reasons why He says stop, and I think it's important that we understand why. Okay. So, Starting off, I want to ask the question, what does, what does God tell me to stop? Because there's some things that He does he, he does say stop. And again, this isn't a suggestion. These are things that He says, you've got to change. You've got to change. You've got to, it's got to be different. The first thing He says is stop thinking that way. Um, whenever you think about uh, your life, I, I know with me, I, get, I think the kids today, they, the kids today, I sound like an old man. Um, but we say, you know, I'm caught up in my feels. Or you know, stuff like that. Oh man, I'm, uh, you know I'm, I'm insecure. I'm, I'm I'm caught up in my feels, and I and, and sometimes in my life I'll get so caught up in the thoughts in my head, um, whether I don't I don't measure up to what I want to be or what I think people want me to be. Um, I get caught up in those things, and God says you need to think the way I tell you to think. In Romans chapter twelve, verse two, it says, "Do not be shaped by this world." Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. You will know what is good and pleasing to Him and what is perfect. I've got to ask you, is the world telling you how to think or are you letting God tell you how to think? Because guys, the world's going to teach you to be tolerant to certain things like sexual orientation or, or racial things. It's going to teach you how to be intolerant to things. It, it, it's, going to, it's going to tell you how to think in a very ungodly way. This verse Paul's talking about, we have to be, our, our thinking has to be changed in, in, in a new way. It has to be the way God views things. And once we have that, we'll be able to see things clearly. In Romans chapter 12, this isn't on PowerPoint or in your notes, or maybe it is on PowerPoint. Where is it? Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Do not think you are better than you are. You must decide what you really are by the amount of faith God has given you. And guys, we have all these thoughts going through our heads sometimes. Um, like I said, if you're like me, I always think I'm not good enough, or I, I don't measure up, or I, I don't, 
I, I just I, I just think about it like this: when you're, you're approaching a stop sign, and you're you know, you're thinking in your head, "Oh man, I'm just I, I'm I'm just not good. I'm not." But if I had that stop, but if but, but if I was that way, stop. But if I was, as God tells us to stop thinking these ways, but He also tells us to stop thinking that we're better than we are. Because some of us, we can be pretty arrogant and we think we can handle things. And God says, you can't think that way either. Because there's no room for me. See, when you think that way, there's no room for God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul's wrapping up his letter to the church. He's wrapping up his letter and... Um, this is what he says. says Brothers and sisters, think about the things that are good and worthy of praise. Think about the things that are true and honorable and right and pure and beautiful and respected. And if, if I thought that way, I wouldn't waste so much time. How about you? I waste so much time worrying about things that don't matter or worrying about things that are never going to happen or worrying about things that I mean, what's the, what's the big point? It, it doesn't affect me. I can't control it. As God says, you're wasting your time. Use, use your thinking powers or whatever you want to call it <laughs> on things that matter, on things that are going to last. The second thing He tells us to stop, so He says stop thinking that way. He also says stop talking that way. You know, we use our words in a lot of different ways and sometimes they're not very beneficial um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, When you talk, do not say harmful things, but say what people need. Man, I wish I was good at that. I say awful things sometimes. Say words that help others become stronger. Then what you say will do good to those who listen to you. Are your words beneficial? Are the words you use, are they helping people or are they hurting people? Are they constructive or are they destructive? Um, I, you can ask anybody on campus. I put my foot in my mouth all the time. I say dumb stuff. Sarah's nodding her head because she's probably the end of a lot of it, right? <laughs> but I'll, I'll make jokes that I think are funny, but really they, they cut people down. And it's, not, it's not beneficial. It only hurts. Um, our words, they do matter. They really do. Um, in Psalms 141, Verse 3, David says, he says, uh, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Can you imagine, you know, we talk about this filter. Oh, I'm, I, 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 hey, my filter worked that time. I didn't say anything dumb. Can you imagine if we could actually put a filter in there and, and clean it out sometimes? And You know, that'd be awesome. That'd be great, Right? But no, we don't have that. We have to, we have to rely on other things. So, but I think it's so cool that even David, a guy after God's own heart, says he has trouble with his mouth. He says, God, I need your help. I gotta change the way I'm talking. Can you help me? Can you keep watch over my lips? I think that's just so cool. Um, but like I said, your words matter, guys. There's, there's so many times when God says, stop talking that way. You have to change the way you're speaking to somebody. You have to change the way you're talking about somebody behind their back or whatever it is. So we've got to stop the way we think. We've got to stop the way we talk. The last thing is God says, stop acting that way. Oh man, that's a big one for me. And uh, there's things we do. Guys, I don't know, what, why are we doing Why do we do that? Have you ever done something and you're like, man, why did I do that? 
why can't I just get it right? <laughs> just keep doing this dumb stuff. Um, this is what this is what Paul says. He says the night is almost finished and the day is almost here. He's talking about Jesus coming back. He's saying it's coming. He said so we should stop doing things that belong to darkness and take up the weapons used for fighting in the light. Let us live in a right way. Like people who belong to the day. We should not have wild parties and get drunk. There should be no sexual sin of any kind. No fighting or jealousy. But clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and forget about satisfying your sinful selves. When you're living your life, how often do you... How do you match up with that verse? Are you trying to satisfy yourself? Because guys, whenever you satisfy God, He's going to tell you, you know, there's some things. I don't know if you should be doing that. But when you, whenever you really live it, whenever you really live the right way God calls you to live, it's going to look a little different, right? And sadly, guys, if, if we don't get the thinking part done, our talking and our acting, there's no chance. We're going to be too caught up in the way we're thinking. That filters everything else. Um, listen to this in John chapter 5. Uh, Jesus is talking to the man of the pool. Remember the, remember the story with the man? He's, uh, he's uh, got leprosy. He's sitting at this pool for, for ages. People keep walking by him and not helping him. And um, So they're talking to him. He says, see, you are well now. Stop sinning so that nothing else, I'm sorry, nothing worse, that, so that nothing worse happens to you. And I was thinking, I read that verse, I was like, wait a minute, worse than leprosy? <laughs> I was like, man, that's really bad. But whenever you think about it, guys, sometimes when we do dumb stuff and we get a wake-up call or we'll get a stop sign and we'll realize it, but then we go on and we run another stop, another stop sign. Or we go on and we do something else that's stupid. Basically what I'm trying to say is if you're going to run stop signs, expect to get hurt. Expect things to not go well. That's what he's saying. He's saying if, if you don't stop your ways, if you don't stop sinning, you're going to get in a wreck. You're going to get into a head-on collision. So what I want to ask you is, what needs to stop in your life? Is it something you're thinking? Is it a, is it a mindset that you have? Is, it, is everything negative? Is everything just the hell in a handbasket? Are you better than everybody? Is, is that the way you think? It may need to change. Or is there something you're saying? Is it the way you talk to people? And is it the way you act? Yeah, because God says we have, we have to change the way we live. We have to change the way we think if we're, if we're going to be united with Him in Christ. We have to change those things. I mean, you, you think about uh, the term stop on a dime. You know, there's things that God is going to tell you that need to be stopped on a dime. You know, sin in your life. You got sin in your life that you're not dealing with. Stop on a dime. You know, you got just things that you've had forever in your life that you're, you're just rationalizing and rationalizing. And God says stop on a dime. We have to live the right way. You know, uh, you guys probably, a lot of you guys watched the, um, McGregor and, uh, Mayweather fight. Um, I didn't get to see it. We had our Ruby Riot that night, and uh, but I watched it on YouTube later for free. Uh, didn't want to pay the, the money. <laughs> but anyways, they uh, whenever they're talking to the fighters being the fight, the ref says, "Look, you got to listen to what I say because when I say stop, that means stop." And several times throughout the fight, they're doing something. You know, Mayweather turns back, and McGregor starts going into his MMA style, starts hitting him in the back of the head, and you hear the ref. He's saying, "Stop, guys." Stop, 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 boys, stop. That's what he says. And uh, 
How many times in our life do we not hear the initial stop sign? Think about it. You know, we see that warning sign out way ahead of it saying, hey, there's a stop sign coming up. But we, uh, when we get there, we'll stop. So we creep through it. And uh, I was thinking about with my daughter again, with Nora, how many times I've said stop. And it starts off with, hey, Nora, can you please stop doing that? Hey, Nora, it's time to stop doing that. Nora, stop. Nora, stop. Stop it now. Stop. Go to your room. <laughs> That's about the way it goes. She never hears the initial one. It takes about seven or eight. So that's the way we are, isn't it? I mean, we, we, uh, we're stubborn, guys. We, we don't want to stop. We want to go. Um, stop signs are not fun. That's the way we look at it. So we talked about what God wants to stop. What I want to talk about now is how can we take advantage or benefit from the stop signs God puts in our lives? Because it's one thing to see stop signs and recognize them. Oh yeah, stop signs there. I mean, you guys probably know in your town or on your street, you know where all the stop signs are, and you probably know the the best way to get out, so you don't have to stop as much as you would. <laughs> so I live in Wood River, so there's a lot of one ways and stop signs. So I'm always trying to find an alley or a way to get around stop signs. But so how can we benefit? Because guys, we need we need stop signs in our lives. It's a safety thing. It's to benefit our life. It's not an inconvenience. It shouldn't be something that we look at. Because God's not trying to rob you from the pleasure of driving on the road. And He's not trying to rob you from living a full life. He's trying to give you tools to help you live a full life. That's what stop signs are for in His Word. So let's look at... I've taken the word stop and I've made an acronym. So the first point for S is slow down. If you're going to stop at a stop sign, I mean, it's common sense, guys. I mean, you guys all know. If you're going to stop at a stop sign, eventually you got to got to hit the brakes at some point. you got to slow down a little bit. Um, I read an uh, article about stop signs. Um, they said that at stop signs, pedestrians' safety goes down to the floor because people walking across the crosswalk expect people to stop at stop signs but they don't stop. <laughs> More people get hurt outside of stop signs than anywhere else. It was just crazy to think about that. How going to SIUE if, for all of you that have drove at, out on SIUE's campus, you got to watch out because people don't even look. They just walk straight across, straight across the crosswalk. Jokingly, maybe it's because they get some kind of tuition break if they get hit on campus. I don't know. But there's, there's a. It's just crazy. People don't even think about it. They just cross because they think. There's a stop sign. This car should stop, but they get hit. But what I'm trying to say is, guys, if, if we don't slow down, you're going to crash. You've got to take some time um, with God. You have to physically slow down. You have to mentally slow down. Spiritually slow down. Because we have to have that time with God where we really connect with Him. Because if we don't slow down with God, when we do approach the stop sign, we're not going to have any idea why it's there or what it's about. You don't, if you don't know your God, you don't know what He says, you're gonna, all you're gonna see that as is an inconvenience. You're never gonna recognize that as a learning opportunity. Or what does God want me to do through this situation? So it's important that you slow down. In, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in doing what He promised. The way some people understand slowness. The way I understand slowness. <laughs> Sometimes. 
It says that, but God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, but He wants all people to change their hearts and lives. And God is waiting for you. And sometimes we don't take the time to slow down. And He's like, hey, 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 hey. And, and there you go. Right on by. And, and God wants to help you understand something. God wants to teach you something through a stop sign, through that time of slowing down where you connect with Him on a deeper level. And this verse isn't on the PowerPoint or in your notes, but it's in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25. It says, It's dangerous to promise something to God too quickly. After you've thought about it, it may be too late. And sometimes we, we say things or we do things and we, we're too hasty. We don't take the time to really include God. We don't take the time to really see what God is trying to reveal. We don't take the time to, to talk to Him about it. And we make commitments, we make decisions, and it's too late to go back. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2, this is out of the International Children's Bible, it says, Enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. If you act too quickly, you might make a mistake. If you act too quickly, you're going to get in a wreck. I mean, think about, I mean, you, you guys go to stop signs all the time. When you pull up to a stop sign, there's always that one person who's like stuttering, like trying to go really fast. You'll see somebody stop and then and go as, as soon as they, as soon as they stop, they just take off. And guys, if, if we do that, if we're too hasty, if we don't take the time to really slow down with God, we're going to miss out on a great opportunity to learn. We're going to miss out on whatever this is in our life. Whatever reason He's saying stop, we're going to miss it. So it's important that we slow down. That's the first thing. You know, my dad's always uh, brought me up. He always told me, you're either going to pay on the front end or you're going to pay on the back end. And, you know, you can either do these things now and learn how to be disciplined or you're going to pay later and you're not going to be able to do things that you should be able to do. And I think about raising my kids and Nora and Ellie and I'm thinking, man, how can I train them now how to be self-sufficient and listen and obey and all these things now so when they're older, it's not going to be as hard. See, if I let them do whatever they want now, if I don't, if I don't give them stop signs or at least a, a yellow light, Sometimes, <laughs> if I don't give them anything, then they're going to be doing all kinds of crazy stuff later. If I don't help, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but if I don't try to help them now, I'm breeding something. I'm, I'm breeding a storm. I'm breeding a car wreck in the future. So, after each point, I've got some options. I want you to circle one. The first, for slow down, I've got here. Are you somebody that slows down? You actually take time with God. You come to a complete stop. You slow down before the stop sign. You try to figure out what God's trying to say. You take time to read and connect with your God. Are you somebody that slams the brakes? Like you're at last minute, like, oh, oh no, it'll stop sign. You know, are, are you somebody that's the last minute trying to, trying to get in your time with God or say that uh, 911 prayer before something happens? You know, are you just waiting to the last minute? Or are you somebody who just runs a stop sign? You just, you, don't even, you know what, I don't care, you know. Uh, in in the, the first service, I said, are you that person that says, you know what, screw the government. Just because that stop sign is there, that's why I'm going to run it. You know, is, is that the kind of person you are? You know, if, if God says stop, are you going to run it in spite of God? Are you just going to run it? Because you don't care what God has to say. I mean, where are you at, guys? Circle one. I think it's important that, that you evaluate because we got to know where we're at when it comes to, 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 to these stop signs. So the first thing is slow down. The second thing for T is I have to turn off distractions. Whenever you think about driving, how many distractions are happening 
at one time. I mean, in my car, we got two kids. Most of the time, at least one, if not both, are crying or yelling or going crazy or just throwing, and Nora will throw some stuff sometimes. She's just, it's crazy. Uh, we've, I don't know, I, I, whenever we bought the car, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll have this uh, DVD player up and it'll, you know, it'll really help calm them down. No, it's just, it's added more distraction. Now I want to watch the movie. No. <laughs> but you know, you got the radio on, you got food you're trying to eat, you got somebody you're talking to in the passenger seat. Um, whether it be an argument or it be a really good conversation. But, you know, there's all kinds of distractions. You know, you'll have things run out in front of you on the road. I don't know if you can turn that off, but there's things, there's distractions. There's distractions in our lives when we're driving. There's distractions in your life as you walk with Christ as well. You can slow down, but if you don't turn off the distractions, you may not slow down properly. You may be too distracted with something else in your life to really take that time that you really need. Um, I, I was thinking about a story with my dad. He uh, One time he was driving in Godfrey. He was writing down some stuff on a notepad. He goes through an intersection. doesn't realize the red, the, that the light was red and he T-boned this lady with his truck. I mean, his truck is not... I don't think it was even really messed up. It was really her car. But he said whenever he hit her, they they locked eyes. And she goes like that. <laughs> you just see as she goes by, and uh, it's just, whenever we're distracted, we're we're gonna get wrecked. It's gonna happen. Um, my uh, some people know this story, but whenever I was growing up in high school, I was uh, I was driving on Humbert Road. If you know Humbert Road, there's some twists and turns. And me and my brother were arguing over the radio, and uh, what we want to listen to. And I remember, I, I mean, I, at the time I would always say, you know, you can't sell crap without rap because he liked rap but anyways we were we were arguing over the radio station and and next thing i know i i hit the curb i veer and i go over the median and i'm going and luckily nobody else is on the other side but i I mean we veered all over the place went down into a ditch i i drifted which i thought was pretty cool but i drifted and then i hit this mailbox and we're sitting there trying to catch our breath we're freaking out and then all of a sudden the car starts going back up the hill matt goes no 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 stop like I, did, I didn't, I didn't think to put my foot on the brake still, and uh, it was terrifying. But none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have been distracted, if I wouldn't have been preoccupied with something else going on, if I wouldn't have been so worried about something else, I would have been paying attention. In First Corinthians chapter seven, verse thirty-five, this is what it says: It says, "I am saying this to help you, not to limit you, but I want you to live in the right way." To give yourselves fully to the Lord without concern for other things. At the beginning of that passage, he's explaining, I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. Guys, how many times do we get offended? How many times are we distracted by how something's said or who said it? And we don't recognize the stop sign because we're distracted with other things. How many times do we get, we're too concerned with other things that really don't matter and we miss out on that learning opportunity? We, we're too distracted by those things. Um, my question is, what are you too busy doing to recognize God's stop sign? What in your life right now, what needs to be turned off? What distraction in your life? Do you have a sin that you've been, it just keeps coming up year after year, time after time, that needs to be just stopped? It needs to be turned off? You know, is, is, there, is there somebody in your life who's influencing you and you need, you need to pull over and let them out of the car? 
know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's people in our lives, guys, that they can distract us too. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, this is what it says. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. What's holding you back? You know, um, I'm a big, Nicole can tell you this, I'm a big texting while driving guy. I'll, sometimes I'll even get on Facebook, and that is really bad. I, I, I gotta air the laundry. So, but I have a story. I, I, uh, this was back, um, goodness, this was years ago. There was, there was a time I was, uh, I was texting and driving, and I was, but it was a really important text, okay? Hear me out. <laughs> I, I was texting Richard Harder because his mom came to church for the first time, and I was so excited. And you guys know Leslie, a lot of you guys know her, and I was so excited, so pumped, but I was texting him while I was exiting off of 255. <laughs> so I swerve, 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 pop two tires, and uh, I'm on the side of the road, my dad comes up. He doesn't yell at me, which is awesome, uh, but I was already feeling pretty humiliated, so I don't think he would have hurt me too bad, but guys, sometimes we, we're totally distracted. You know, you can't text and drive effectively. It's, it's, it's impossible. And I still try. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's impossible. Sometimes we, we're so distracted by things that we're not even considering where we're going. Um, so again, I've got some options here. I want you to circle one. The first thing is, you're not distracted at all. You're driving, you're slowing down, distractions are turned off, you don't have any kids in the car, there's no movie playing, there's no food being eaten, you know, you're, you're doing great. You're, you don't have anything in your life that's hindering you from following Christ and stopping at the stop sign. Uh, second thing is you, you've got some noise. You've got some stuff going on in your life that you need to turn off. You've got some things that, that um, they're getting in the way. And it's hindering you from being an effective disciple. Uh, and the other, the last option is you're totally distracted. You're texting while you're driving. You're just, you're not even thinking about the road. You're, you know, you're glancing up every now and then, and that's about it. So where are you at? Where are you at with that? Where's your distraction? So again, the first thing was slow down. Second thing, the T was to turn off distractions. And the O for stop is I need to open my eyes. Now, whenever you think about stop signs, um, again, you're, you're pulling up, you're slowing down, you're up, you're, your distractions are done. If you don't open your eyes, if you don't scan the scene, if you don't look for what is outside of your car, you can still get in a wreck, right? You can still, you can still miss something. Um, we have to take time to look around at our options. You know, whenever you're in your walk with God, you need to, talk, you need to take time to look at, you know, if I do this, what are the consequences? If I do that, what's going to happen? Could I get in a wreck? Could I? I mean, I, I was thinking about the, the stop signs. Whenever you look around, there's other people at the stop signs. Most of the time, whenever you stop, there's at least maybe one, maybe two, three other people at other stop signs that are waiting to see what you're going to do. You know, there's. You got to open your eyes. In Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty-five, it says, "Keep your eyes focused on what is right." And look straight ahead to what is good. Where are your eyes at in your walk with God? Don't get this mixed up too much with the rose stuff. I know it's, it's relatable, but where are your eyes at whenever it comes to God? What are you looking for? What, what are you searching for in your walk with God? Are you still looking for God? 
you know, well, I mean, a long, long time ago I studied, you know, I, I looked at Seeking God and I looked at those passages, but it's kind of hard, you know, I, are, are you still looking for God? Are you still seeking Him out? You know, I, I was talking at the first service about, have you guys ever been driving and not realized how you got where you are? You, you were on autopilot, right? You, you did not, like, you were looking, you were looking at the road, but I, I don't, I, and I know the way, I've drove this like a thousand times, but I don't know how I got here. I don't remember making those turns today. Like, the, we put ourselves on autopilot sometimes. In, in my walk with God, sometimes, whenever I was growing up especially, I was, I would go on autopilot. Well, I go to church, I'm the preacher's son, I act this way, I need to be this, that's what's expected. You put yourself on, on autopilot. Because we can't do that. That's not, that's not what God calls us to be. Um, I was thinking about the movie Click. You have to seen that movie where he has a remote and he's fast forwarding through. He fast forwards through all these things he doesn't like to do, and like showering and there's a bunch of other stuff he doesn't like to do. Um, and I think it was like dinner with the in-laws. He fast forwards through, and uh, but I guess whenever he's in that autopilot mode, he's he's answering questions. He's just not gonna. I think what what Christopher Walken says is, "You're not gonna be the life of the party, but you'll be there." And sometimes that's how we are in our walk with God. We're not very interactive. We're not very serious about our walk with God. We're not very engaged in what the church is doing and how we can serve. But we're there. We're on autopilot. We make it to stuff. But we're not doing anything anything more that God called us to do. Um, whenever you stop at a stop sign, you've got to stop, look, and listen. It's important that you, you scan the scene. Because like I said, there's other people waiting too. And, they're, and sometimes they're waiting to see what you're going to do. Just like in our life, guys. Sometimes there's things you're going to do in your life at a stop sign. You know, you have a, you have a big thing happen in your life. You know, a miscarriage. Somebody dies. There's a, a divorce. Something tragic happens in your life. Other people are watching. What is this disciple going to do at this stop sign? Is, is their faith real or not? Because depending on what they do, are, are, are they going to cut and run? Are they going to run the stop sign? Or are they going to really deal with this? Are they going to look at things? Are they going to take the time? And, and they don't even realize they're doing that. But what we do as disciples, as our example matters. If you don't think it does, you're crazy. People are watching. And that's not in a creepy way. They just are. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. There's a bigger picture happening here. And if you don't open your eyes when you're at a stop sign, you're not going to notice all the other details. There's things happening at a stop sign in your life. There's things happening that you probably don't even realize are happening. And if you don't open your eyes, you're going to miss them. Um, you know, you got to ask yourself, what does God want me to learn? in this stop sign. Again, it's not just an inconvenience. He's not trying to ruin your life by putting a stop sign up. He's trying to say, this is a learning opportunity. Yeah, but I hate stop signs. I don't want to do that. Yeah, but what, what could your life be if you did take the time to stop and consider this? Yeah, but it's just a big inconvenience and people are going to think I'm stupid for, for stopping and not doing that. Yeah, but, but what could happen if you did? How could their life change if you did take this stop sign seriously? What could change? So, 
Again, I've got some options for you. When it comes to stop signs, when you're opening your eyes in your life, are they wide open? Are you looking? Are you scanning the scene? Are you trying to figure out what is God trying to say to me? What is He trying to do in my life through this time? Are you on autopilot? Are you just kind of sailing through? Are you, you know, you've, you've slowed down. You know, you, you've done, you've done the, the steps that everybody tells you to do, but you're on autopilot. You're just here. Or are you asleep at the wheel? I mean, has anybody ever fallen asleep while driving? That's scary. I've woken up. I've dozed off. I remember going, you know, hanging out with people on campus super late uh, several times and tr- driving home and you know, I had to drive all the way to Godfrey and I would be dozing off. You guys, sometimes in our walk with God, we're asleep at the wheel. We've, we've stopped looking. We have, we have decided, you know what, I don't, maybe I just don't care anymore. Maybe I just, that, that, that doesn't really entertain me anymore. I'm just going to do my own thing. And we just blow straight through the stop sign. So where are you at, guys? Circle one of those. Okay, so so S was slow down. What was T again? Turn off distractions. <laughs> o was open my eyes. And P is proceed with confidence. And guys, whenever I'm talking about pros- in order to proceed with confidence, you have to include God. I mean, you can do all these things, but if God's not in it, you're not, you're not going to have true confidence. I can find confidence in myself sometimes. I can find confidence in other people that, uh, that, that build me up. But real confidence that's going to last only comes through Christ. And again, you think about stop signs in your life when you're slowing down. You're turning off distractions. You're, getting, you're, you're uh, looking at the scene. Stand the scene. Look around. But eventually you're going to proceed, right? Eventually you're going to move on. And if you've taken those other steps seriously, if you've taken the chance to really slow down and get to know God, you can proceed with confidence because you know God's going to take care of you. But if you haven't, you don't know. Who knows something that's out of that stop sign? Who knows? Um, I was thinking about my brother one time. He uh, he was at a stop sign. It was a it was a T. He came to, and on both on the other sides, it was on a hill. And he, he did everything right. He stopped. This great. He came up to it. And then he starts going. And then this work van uh, going, I think it was 55 on cruise, comes over the hill and T-bones my brother. Um, it misses his door just by a little bit. But it, it was a scary moment. He did everything right, but he still got T-boned. Well, what's that mean? That means even though we do everything God calls us to do, it doesn't mean you're not gonna, you're not going to get in the rest. That doesn't mean you're not going to have times in your life where everything seems like crap. But in Christ, you can have confidence to know you're going to get through it. That you're going to walk away from that rest. And guys, one of the other things, um, I'm going to hit myself. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, this is what it says. It says, with every step you take, think about what He wants. And He will help you go the right way. And it's like, just like we're driving. With every step I take, He's going to help me if I'm connected to Him. If you're not connected to God, if you don't have that connection with Him through Christ, how's He going to help you? He can't. You guys, we see these stop signs all the time, but sometimes there's roads that are gated off with a stop sign. Well, what does that mean? Well, sometimes God's going to gate off a road and say, you know what, this isn't just a stop sign. This isn't an area you need to go to in your life anymore. 
you know, there's things in our lives, guys, we need to look at and say, you know, is, is that just a stop sign where it's momentary? Or is this something that I need to gate off? And I need to say, you know what? I'm done. It's gated off. That's, gonna be, that's what God does. But it doesn't mean you, you just stop and you stay there forever. Guys, God says, at these stop signs, stop, take a minute, and then let's go. At a gate of stop sign, He says, stop and turn around. So again, it's important we recognize what these stop signs are. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, this is what it says. It says, In Christ we can come before God with freedom and without fear. We can do this through faith in Christ. And guys, again, to have true confidence, it's only going to come through Christ. If you don't have a connection, I don't know where you're at this morning, if you don't have a connection with God, your confidence is not confidence through Christ. You're not experiencing true confidence. When you're in Christ, you can know no matter what, God's going to take care of me. Whether it means a wreck, whether it means I have to stop and turn around, God's going to take care of me. And guys, I hope and I pray that today when you hit a stop, when you, when you see a stop sign, you'll think about these things and you're going, hopefully you'll stop. <laughs> but hopefully in your relationship with God, wherever you're at in it, whether you're at a stop sign right now or you see one approaching, that you'll take the time to really connect with your God and take advantage and benefit from, from those stop signs instead of looking at them as just a big inconvenience. Um, there's a card in your bulletin. If you want to pull it out, you can. I know it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. <laughs> but I just, uh, I just wanted to say, you, know, you can write on there, maybe there's something in your life right now that needs to stop. And you, need pray, you need prayers for it. Write that down. Um, our we have a prayer team that's confidential and they, they won't share all your laundry and they won't air it out to everybody. They won't tell everybody what's going on um, if you mark confidential. But guys, there's things in our life we've got to stop. We've got to, we've got to cut out. The cool thing about having that connection with God is you don't have to worry about it. When you cut it out, God's going to take care of you. And um, I'm going to pray and then uh, we'll continue. God, I just want to thank you so much. For the stop signs, uh, I look at them as an inconvenience a lot of times on the road and even in my life. And, um, and God, I just pray that we can value whatever sign you're putting in front of us, God, whether it be um, a stop sign, a merge sign, whatever sign that you've placed in front of us, God. I, I pray we'll, we'll, take, we'll take it seriously and we won't, we won't uh, just run straight through it, God. I pray that we'll We'll take the time to get to know you, God, that we'll turn off those distractions that that really muddy the waters and make it hard for us to, to see what you're doing. God, I pray that we'll open our eyes, that we can see clearly what you're trying to do in our lives, and then we'll also notice maybe what you're trying to do in other people's lives. And, uh, and God, that through that we can connect with you and we can have that confidence to know that no matter what, you're going to take care of us. God, uh, we just love you and we pray so much for your son's name. Amen.